So what do I think of this new publication on the calcium scores of these lean mass hyperresponders? So first of all, it was a study that, I mean, other than the controversies and the lies and the deception with the group and the complaints to the IRB and what have you, let's put all that aside, you know, pretend there was no lying, no deception, super good ethics, whatever, no impropriety. Um, Budoff, I don't know his first name, but some guy called Budoff. Uh, gave a presentation comparing the CAC scores, the calcium scores. If you haven't, if you don't know what a calcium score is, go back and listen to some of my podcasts or go to my blog, search for the word calcium. Um, but the CACs take decades to change. Calcium is a late stage finding. Looking, looking at a bunch of young, healthy 20 to 40 year olds with no other risk factors who just recently switched to a malignant diet is not going to show any changes in calcium score in one to two years or 4.7 years, whatever it is that they did. It takes 4.7 decades, actually. Now, obviously, there are some people who have worse genetics. Within a 15 to maybe 20-year period, their calcium score will go up. But what they should have done, actually, which is way more brilliant, is they, they should have actually looked at soft plaque. There are imaging techniques available to researchers that can check soft plaque in your arteries. And if you're looking at a population of young, healthy people, that's what you actually want to check. You don't want to go look for something that only a 50 to 80-year-old would have, and by then it's too late. Um, First of all, it's probably unethical to put people on a diet that we know kills them faster. Um, So that's probably part of it. They didn't want to do that maybe i mean maybe i'm giving them too much credit um but it definitely seems like a clown show at this point they're just saying help keep retweeting this and you know it seems like this is more of a marketing ploy than anything else this guy named david something but let's let's pretend that they have good intentions and whatnot he was on the peter atia show peter atia interviewed him peter atia is a smart guy he knows his cholesterol and he interviewed him and he said at the end, you know, I'm not convinced this is just a bunch of nonsense. Um, obviously, he didn't say it like that. But still, at the end of the day, I think what they're trying to prove is that you can eat a ketogenic diet and you're LD- and if you're lean and super fit and all this stuff, that somehow you will not get atherosclerosis. And they used a marker that was nonsense. They used a calcium score. If I suddenly, if I have a calcium score of zero, and I suddenly start eating a malignant diet, and you recheck me in five years, my calcium score is going to be zero. Um, That is not a question. That is a fact. If anybody who actually understands atherosclerosis knows that this is how it works. Um, If you don't understand it, and you're like, yeah, like if you're like one of these people that's like, yeah, my LDL is 300, but my calcium score is zero. Like, look, you are full of soft plaque. I've talked about this a lot on multiple podcasts, multiple um, videos on YouTube and a lot of my other short form videos. That's nonsense. Just because your, your LDL is high, you have soft plaque. The PISA trial, which I've discussed extensively, looked at this exact population. People with zero calciums, median age 40, which means half of them were yet less than 40, um, half of them older. Maybe it was an average age. I don't remember. Um, but either way, young people with no calcium and all they had to go by was a lot of really fancy imaging. They looked at six different arterial beds and they measured soft plaque, basically, is what they did. 
and they compared it to risk factors or what they might have had that might have caused it. What they found is that the higher your LDL cholesterol, the more soft plaque you had. And multi, and, and people in, with quote-unquote normal LDL cholesterols, at that time, uh, normal was uh, up to 130. People with an LDL cholesterol of 110 to 130, 50 to 60% of them had soft plaque. So it's not a question of what is going on or we don't know or look at their calcium. No, we know. We have the answers. More recently, the well, not more recently, but another trial that I've talked about. Go back to my other uh, podcast called Lean Mass Hyper Responders. It's probably from about a week ago, maybe a week or a week and a half. In that trial, in that podcast, we also discussed the Cardia trial, looked at 5,100 men, similar story age 18, starting age at 18, up to 36, and they looked at time to first event, time to first cardiovascular event. The ones that had the shortest time to first cardiovascular event were the ones with the highest LDL cholesterol, and they all had zero calciums, they all had a body mass index of like 22, you know, really low, these are not obese people, not insulin resistant, you know, none of that. Then and the new, a new trial was literally just released um, in uh, November, of 2023 with super fancy imaging 3d ivis or 3d uh, uh 3d ivis intravascular ultrasound 3d intravascular ultrasound they looked at the inside of people's arteries using this 3d imaging that can show actual soft plaque burden inside the arterial walls now this is not available to regular people this is like for research labs and whatnot but they found that young people with high LDL cholesterols, had worse soft plaque burdens, and it got worse. Global plaque volume or global plaque burden increased within six years. And this is soft plaque. Their calcium scores did not change, obviously. But soft plaque went up um, and or it got better when they got on lipid-lowering therapy and they had remission. Some A lot of the soft plaque resolved or improved. So that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that these studies have been done. Lean mass hyperresponders are not these magical human beings. First of all, they, it was very difficult for them to enroll people that met this exact criteria. I think they only found like 60 or 50, maybe 70 people total that fit this criteria. Second of all, I know some of the researchers that were involved from the beginning of the study, I'm not going to name names, but they said there was a lot of shady business going on. And that person has the emails and has the spreadsheets of who was enrolled and who wasn't enrolled, who they kicked out of the study, who they left in the study. This person brought up lots of really good questions, and they ultimately kicked him out. So um, a lot of weirdness going on with this study. I mean, all this nonsense just to say, I'm just going to eat saturated fat. You know, you're, you're looking at like mountains of evidence, 80 years worth of evidence, and hundreds of thousands of studies. You're ignoring all of that for this one study of, 50 to maybe 70 people that showed no calcium progression, <laughs> which is just a bunch of nonsense. Okay, no calcium progression in four and a half years. whoop de doo Does that mean you're going to live forever or you're going to have a long, healthy, happy life? No, not at all. This means that you have tons of soft plaque and you are laying down plaque. As we know, we know, with an, we know that an LDL cholesterol above about 70 or 80, uh, even up to 90 maybe, you are laying down plaque. So that's not a question. We know this now from multitudes of studies, the Framingham cohorts, the MISA, the PISA, the PreCAD, the Cardia trials. I mean, we have so many trials now on young people with no other problems other than the fact 
that they had elevated LDL cholesterol or ApoB. So this is just, I think, another bunch of noise. Sure, it's good that they did this. Um, I wish they would have done it in a way that was less uh, controversial without as much impropriety and, you know, behind the scenes nonsense. You know, if they would have just been a little more ethical, it might have made more sense. I don't know how they roped boot off into this. I think he's like some Stanford or UCLA professor or something. Um, but they roped him into it and threw his name on it just to make it look legitimate. But now he's stuck in this huge controversial uh, nonsense and it just makes him look bad. I don't think he knew what he was getting into, but he, he it, the whole thing is just silly. Um, but either way, those are my thoughts. Um, would love for, for, I mean, would love for somebody to come out and just say, listen, yeah, great. You know, good job guys. But this is just a bunch of nonsense. And it is, it's just noise. We have studies with th thousands of people just like this. Like I said, the, the cardio trial by itself was 5,189 5, people. The PISA, I believe, was in the seven to 8,000 range. Um, you know, all the other ones, thousands and thousands of participants. And you're going to look at 50 and say, oh yeah, we can eat all the butter we want. Like what? So don't they plan on looking at coronary CT angiograms? So a CT angiogram still looks only inside the lumen. It does not look into the arterial wall. Most soft plaque, actually all soft plaque, starts out in the arterial wall and does not encroach on the lumen till very, very late stage disease. And sometimes it may not ever encroach on the lumen. We don't have, we don't have a very accurate way or a good way of looking at soft plaque that is non-invasive. When I do a cardiac catheterization, I can put a probe down inside every coronary artery called an IVUS probe or OCT. IVUS is intravascular ultrasound. Um, OCT is optical, uh, I forget what the C stands for, tomography. With those, even though the pictures aren't like perfect, you can generally see if there's plaque inside the arterial wall. IVUS in that scenario is usually looking at luminal irregularities or how much the plaque is encroaching on the lumen, etc., but you're still generally looking at the lumen. Um, same thing with OCT. OCT is a little bit better at looking inside the wall. And that's why these two modalities were invented so that we could look at plaques before they encroach on the lumen. A lot of people are going to say, well, they're looking at CCTA. Isn't that, doesn't that look at soft plaque? No, it actually does not look at soft plaque that is in the arterial wall. It can see plaque, whether it's soft or not, even if it's calcified, that encroaches on the lumen. If you have some really old plaque that is now fibrous and calcified, it will encroach on the lumen, and then you can see, uh, we call them luminal irregularities, whether it's a CT angiogram or a cardiac catheterization, however you want to look at it. Luminal irregularities only show up once it's an advanced lesion and actually shows up on CCTA or CT coronary, coronary CT angiogram or even cardiac catheterization, which is actual direct angiography, we inject dietary coronaries and look under floral instead of with a CT scanner. So that's my other criticism of the study. Now, one thing they could have done, which they should have done, which was suggested by many people who were on this study to begin with that have since gotten kicked out because they made too many suggestions or they talked too much, whatever it might be. They could have actually got people into the study that had a positive calcium score. Instead of excluding them, they were all ex a lot of people were excluded because they had no calcium, which makes no sense because if you don't have calcium, it's going to take decades to happen. 
looking at them for a year or two makes no sense. Even the 4.7 years or whatever it is. So if they would have got people with a positive calcium, even if it was low, at least these people have demonstrated that they have a problem or that they are laying down plaque or that they have coronary artery disease. If you take people with a positive CAC score, even if it's just 5, 10, 20, and you watch them for 5 to 6 years or 4 years, what have you, if that 20 goes to 22, 23, you could argue that it's making a difference. Um, but they didn't do that. Unfortunately, they wanted people with no plaque whatsoever. And I'm not sure why you would do that in a study that's trying to look at atherosclerosis. It literally just makes no sense. Also, obviously, the numbers are super low. You're looking at like 50 to maybe 80 people. I forget what the final number was. When we have studies, like I've discussed earlier, that have thousands and thousands of people in them that wanted to answer this exact question. So I don't think this adds anything. It probably muddies the water more than anything. It probably is going to confuse a lot of people. All these crazy keto carnivore people are going to be like, yeah, look, I'm super lean and healthy and I have high LDL and nothing happens. Like, yeah, you know, you're just killing yourself faster. Um, but either way, I would think that they, if they really were interested in science and wanted actual answers instead of a bunch of nonsense or just to publish a study full of nonsense, that's probably the best way to do it. Or no, my, tri my triglycerides are low, so it's okay to have a 300 LDL cholesterol. Like, all right, good luck with that. Um, we'll see you on the cath lab table in a few weeks or a few years or, you know, whatever it might be. But anyways, those are my thoughts. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, please share and leave some good reviews and I will catch you in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>